welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is... I just forgot your name. Oh, man, that is <laughs> offensive. It's we've not been like doing we've done like 150-something episodes, but I'm just staring at you like, who are you again? Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's crazy. My name is Court. Oh, okay, yeah. They call me Chicken Wing. They call me... They call me Court. Sorry. <laughs> And Cam Span. First of all, you see how she remembered my name, and second of all, good morning. <laughs> okay, so this episode, we're going to talk about something that's really kind of buzzing. And, you know, I was talking to a client the other day about this. It, I feel like it's been around for a long time, but all of a sudden it's just like everywhere. And this is AI. AI. Artificial intelligence. Right, yep. Artificial intelligence. And specifically, we're going to kind of talk about this chat GPT, which honestly, these two guys have been talking about for a while now. It took me forever. And I finally was like, what are y'all talking about? I have no idea. So this episode is kind of learning for me as well. I mean, we're not going to get chat GPT too much airtime because it's not like they're a sponsor or anything, you know, so we, we don't want to give them too much coverage. Everybody knows about chat GPT, everybody other than Katie. Uh, yeah. Um, so, we, you know, but maybe it's only the people who watch The Office. <laughs> it could be, but we will discuss it because obviously that's that that seems to be the big uh, 800 pound gorilla that's brought AI back to the forefront. It has been at the forefront before, but it is back at the forefront again. Yeah, I'm excited about it. You do a quick Google search and you'll see a lot of fears that AI is going to take jobs. So in the show, we'll talk about uh, AI impacting uh, the financial services industry, AI impacting design, something I can talk about, and everything in between. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that I saw the other day was somebody that is intimately involved in the AI development industry, I guess, uh, said that, you know, it was a, it was a legitimate fear that human beings could end up like the people in Wally because AI will basically start doing everything for us. And then we'll just be fat people in fat and sassy. Yeah. Lord. So, good time. Okay. Well, let's start with a list. This is movies and shows featuring AI elements and the occasional robot. I will say this is very similar to last week's episode, which was movies about the future. Hmm. Yeah. I don't even remember. Well, I guess hand in hand. I mean, future robots, like it kind of goes hand in hand. Although I got to throw this in real quick. My mom calls me and my mom does not drink, but I could have sworn she must have been drinking margaritas because she said she was at a Mexican restaurant with her friend. I was like, what's that noise behind you? And she goes, oh, it's the robot delivering our food. I'm like, what? The robot. Del she's like, yeah, El Porton has robots that deliver your food. No way. Oh, man, we need to go to El Porton. I know, I know Denny's has those robots. Which I want crazy. to go to El Porton, guys. All right, let's go after the show. Okay, yep. all right. I okay. will say, this is not on the list, but how in the world is the movie AI not on this list about AI? I don't know. Haley yeah. Joel Osment and Robin Williams? That's our, not an official one on here. But. Let's see. I will say my theory is our lists tend to skew a lot of times a little bit toward newer stuff. Yeah. The, Nicole. The, the younger person that puts the list together. And what was that movie with Robin Williams? Bicentennial Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot I about that yeah. movie. I have a very vivid image of, of the promotional poster for that movie. Yeah. With, with Robin Williams on the front of it. So, so far, our list is <laughs> things that are not on the list. Yeah. Robocop's not on here. We need is to... that artificial intelligence? No. That's but it says cyborg. the occasional robot. Okay, so I'll kick the list off. The first one on the list is Megan. Uh, that's a, obviously a more recent movie. I think you can watch it on Peacock right now. Stream it on Peacock if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend it. It's kind of a horror movie, kind of a thriller, kind of a this is what could potentially happen with AI. But I, I found it highly, highly entertaining. I mean, I, I thought it was a good movie. Um, it's kind of like Chucky, right? 
Well, yeah, except better. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. There is a doll that is involved, although the doll looks far more human than Chucky did. This this, this is more of a child companion, a child, a, a companion for a child that looks like a child. You can tell she's a robot. You can tell that it's not a real child, but she's very, very close to being human realistic and has artificial intelligence. And the artificial intelligence ends up determining that the best way to care for her assigned child is to basically start killing some other, you know, people. So I don't know why that reminded me of Small Soldiers. Do y'all remember yeah. that movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where, like they all started like killing people. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah, it was fake. It was awesome. Okay. <laughs> so next movie. Well, uh, now I'm thinking about Indian in the Cupboard. You see that oh one? Oh my God, no, I so love good. that movie. Right. Okay, we are Next movie. off track here. Next one is the show Westworld. And I hope I'm not lying here, but that's actually a remake of an older show, correct? Uh, it's, a, it's a TV show based on a movie that I believe was based on a book. Uh, I, I don't know. But, uh, that sounds right. But definitely there was an, a, a Westworld movie that was done back in the 60s or 70s, and then Westworld more recently, the TV show. First season of Westworld, the TV show, was epic. I mean, it was an excellent TV show. I loved it. Second season, I was like, oh, this could go cool places. It ended up not going cool places. By the third season, I think I got two episodes in and dropped it. So I stopped at a good point. I only saw the first season. Yeah. But Basically, just let that sit in your memories as Westworld. Westworld. HBO and show. It's about this fantasy world that rich people can pay to basically enter. And it's full, it's this Western world, hence the name, mm -hmm. full of these robots that look very, very, very realistic. Yeah, well, entirely realistic because they're play, the, the robots are played by humans. And they, they don't do anything to make them look non-human. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a very scandalous show because these, these people, that entered this fantasy world can do whatever they want to with the robots. They yeah. can kill them, they can love on them, yeah. and everything in between. <laughs> yes. So, exactly. Westworld. Katie? All of the Star Wars. You could sit there and we could do an entire episode of Star Wars. Every aspect of it, every, you know, robot and AI and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of one of the originals that you think about, all oh, the technology and all of that. And we've seen how it's progressed and the changes. I do want to throw a non-list one in here because I started thinking about it. Come on. Court's probably going to look at me and never seen this. You may have seen this, Cam, but Smart House, it was on Disney. Oh, yeah. And yeah, never seen it. It was before like Alexa and all of that stuff was big, but this was a house that was super smart. And, you know, you could say, turn on the lights, send me to Hawaii. And it was like a simulation room. But then the house got sassy and like started locking doors and not letting them get out and like getting mad and like, the pantry would throw oranges at you and I mean chaos so Weird. it was kind of scary that like your house can get so smart with all this technology and it can you know revolt against you the dance scene was an absolute banger yeah the AI of the house was portrayed by the woman in Sons of Anarchy the yeah. actress Katie Siegel that's it mm. Interesting. Okay, next on the list is The Terminator. Is it The Terminator or is it just Terminator? I know the second one is Terminator 2. It's not The Terminator 2. We'll go with Terminator. Okay, so anyway, Terminator, obviously, AI, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh, yeah, classic, classic <laughs> movie. The sequel was fantastic. Yeah, well, Terminator 2 was, yeah. <laughs> James Cameron is, is great at, at second movies. <laughs> Too bad there wasn't a Titanic 2. <laughs> All right, next on the list is her starring Joaquin Phoenix, and basically he falls in love with the AI in his phone, which is played by Scarlett Johansson. Oh, that's a good voice. Yep. If you're going to have somebody that does a voice, Scarlett Johansson is a good voice to do it. Very smoky and raspy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's a very quirky movie. Interesting. Okay, the next one is Black Mirror. 
And this is a TV show on Netflix. Yeah. Have you watched it? I've watched a little bit of it. It's uh, Renee Zellweger. Is, well, I mean, it's, she's, well, she was in one of them at least. Yeah. I mean, it, every episode is its own sort it's like of its own vignette. Yeah. It's own, okay. its own little story, but it, they all center in some way on how technology has affected our lives. And there are some crazy, crazy episodes. Um, Hence the name Black Mirror, like your phone screen. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I recommend the show, but I don't necessarily recommend that you start off with the very first episode of the very oh, first season. Oh, my word. Oink, oink. Yeah, a lot of people do not like that episode, and uh, it can turn you off to the rest of the show very quickly if you're the type of person who would find it uh, objectionable. So maybe don't start with that. Oh, is it me? Um, X Machina is the next one on the list. Mm -hmm. And this was a guy who developed a robot, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, full Android capabilities, looked like a very pretty girl. It's an interesting study. I wouldn't say it's horror. I wouldn't say it's it's uh, end of the world kind of stuff or anything like that or murder or whatever. But she does get real with with her creator. So fun movie. It's unfortunate I get the next one because I got it last week and I don't like it. Blade Runner with Harrison Ford. Yeah. We talked about it last week, so we'll kind of skip over yeah. it. But unicorns and robots. So, Blade Runner. Okay, Inception. This is uh, Brad Pitt? Uh, no, no uh, Leonardo um, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. That's yeah. right, Leo. I'm not sure how this one hits the AI. How does this hit the AI? Alternate universe? Dreams within uh, dreams. Yeah, that's, that's kind um, of a stretch to me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I, Robot. Uh, that would be... Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. Yep. Never watched it. I generally like my Will Smith movies, but um, I've never watched I, Robot. And last on the list is a TV show called The Peripheral, which I have not seen. Have you guys seen it? I have not, but it is something that I do want to watch. So there you go. There's our list for the week. So uh, let's start off with some definitions. Mm. So what is AI? What is AI? I what guess first, is AI? <laughs> we should start with what the letters AI stand for. AI stands for artificial intelligence. I think that is in and of itself pretty self-explanatory. Basically, you're, you're looking at man-made things that can think for themselves, right? Or is it a little bit more complicated? I mean, a little bit more complicated. Of course, when I first think of artificial intelligence, I'm like, well, so fake intelligence? Because <laughs> you think of like artificial imitation crap. Like some people might say moment. that Court has a little bit of artificial intelligence because he's not nearly as intelligent as he holds himself out to be. Oh, Lordy Lou, we're not <laughs> going to that point. Um, okay, so artificial intelligence, the theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence, such, such as visual perception, speech, recognition, decision making translations between languages and so artificial intelligence like the movies we started talking about seem futuristic oh you know artificial intelligence but alexa things like that siri things that we're already using in our day-to-day -day lives that's that's artificial intelligence and, and of course chat gpt chat gpt i thought it was new i thought it was something that still was fairly new because it's been such a buzz i remember the electric car episode we did that we thought that was a newer thing and then we found out like no, electric cars were back like Henry Ford days, like things like that. Mm. So, uh, Cam, you looked it up earlier. When did artificial intelligence actually get started? The Internet says between 1940 and 1960. And it's like a lot of things, like the cell phone. We think, oh, that's like a mid-90s thing. But cellular devices go back, I think, to the 60s when they were developing it and figuring it out. Hmm. And I, I went down the rabbit hole, and I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Alan Turing. Have you heard of him? Yeah. You ever seen the movie Imitation Game with Benedict oh, yeah. Cumberbatch? Yeah, yeah. That's him. Mm. He, he created, I think it was the Enigma machine yeah. in World War II. So he's the father of modern computing, and without computing, you can't have artificial intelligence. So I think that's where the kind of the 1940 to 1960 time frame came from, was a development of computing. Yeah. 
Cool, cool, cool. Absolutely. Okay, so that's the basic definition of artificial intelligence. Then you've got chat GPT. Mm-hmm. And so this is the weird thing that I've been hearing y'all talk about that I had no idea what you were talking about. It's going to take over the world. <laughs> so what it stands for is chat generated pre-training transformer. So chat GPT is a natural language processing tool driven by AI technology that allows you to have human-like conversations and much more with chat bots. The language model can answer questions and assist you with tasks such as composing emails, essays, and codes. It's basically a really fancy chat bot. I think we're all familiar with chat bots. You ask something and it tells you something. They've been around for a long time, chat bot. The reason that they have chat GPT right now, they have chat GPT and then they have like next level chat GPT whatever for or something like that that is uh, even better but that part they charge for but the free part the reason it's free is because part of the way that chat GPT this AI is learning is by people using it and talking to it and it learns how people use language so I can go onto the chat GPT site and have a conversation with this thing like straight up I can just talk the way I would normally talk to anybody I don't have to worry about you know making sure that I'm using the right language I can just type out stuff the way I would type it out to anyone and it understands me and will respond. You can even tell it what characteristics, what kind of voice you want to have. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. It's insane. About four episodes ago, four weeks ago, I had teased that I made ChatGPT write a poem about Bullcast. Mm-hmm. I'd like to read it for you. Oh, I think Let's you should. <laughs> and uh, before I get into it, with ChatGPT, basically you give it what what is called a prompt which is you just typing in what you want. And the more detailed your prompt, the better it will understand what you actually want. So for this prompt, I said, write a poem about a podcast called Bullcast starring Katie, Court, and Cam. And then I think I I went further and I said, Bullcast is about making personal finance simple. Mm -hmm. So that's all I gave it. And it wrote, cue the music. Bullcast the podcast, a financial guide, Katie, Court, and Cam, three hosts to abide. Their knowledge vast, their insights bright. They'd help you navigate your financial plight. They'd talk of stocks and bonds and cash and how to save without making a rash. They'd share their tips and tricks so sly and help you plan for the future nigh. Katie, the heart of the show, so true. Her words so kind, they'd comfort you. Court, the mind so sharp and wise. He'd make you think and open your eyes. Ooh. Cam, the soul so pure and bright. His words would guide you toward the light. Together they'd weave a tapestry grand a show of heart and mind and hand. Their fans would listen from far and wide, and every week they'd tune inside. For on the Bullcast, they'd always find a home for thoughts and a peace of mind. So here's to Katie, Court, and Cam, and to the Bullcast, a show so grand. May their voices carry through the airwaves wide and help us all to take financial stride. Amazing. (laughs) That is unbelievable. I mean, and the fact that it identified Cameron as the soul... As, you know, I love how it gave us all little roles to play. Yeah. Soul, mind, and heart. Was yeah. that yeah. heart, mind, and soul, baby? There you go. May That's your powers combine. <laughs> that was an interesting little laugh there. Um, no, I was just. Gonna, I have plans. <laughs> I was just going to throw a little thing out there. Like most people are like, oh, I don't use AI, but when you're writing an email or you're doing a text message and that auto prediction, like. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, that's all AI. Yeah. It's predicting where you're going. Or have y'all ever noticed if you've gotten in your car and your phone may pop up and be like, give you start giving you, you're this far away from this place. And oh, it's yeah. like, I know I'm not going there today. Like, but obviously like this is my routine. And yeah. So, yeah. For a long time, anytime I got in the car on Saturday, Google Maps would pop up and say, 
eight minutes to Kim and Adam's. Uh, Kim and Adam are some friends of mine. Apparently, I used to go over to their house every Saturday because on Saturday, if I got in the car, Google was like, uh, yeah, it'll be this long to get there. <laughs> Same with me. Abby and I used to go to Los Delicias every Friday night, no matter what. I would go pick it up and bring it back home. And we stopped doing that and everything. But every time I get in her Suburban on a Friday evening, by chance, it says Los Delicias this far away. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> But a big buzzword in the tech world is machine learning. You've probably heard of that. And this isn't in the outline. I'm not going to get too deep into it. But machine learning is AI. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of machine learning in Siri and in Google. So we are going to swing this into how this is going to financially impact. But I do want to talk about a couple of uh, a couple of elements of, before we get into sort of the more like downer aspects of artificial intelligence. Let's just talk about the the benefits of it. Obviously, the ability of of a computer or a computer program to to do some of the things that we normally spend a lot of our time doing is obviously helpful. So it's going to improve your efficiency, right? It's going to save you time that you could spend doing something else. It could be that it is more accurate and precise. I mean, listen, I have I have generated some stuff on ChatGPT, not to say that that is the one and only AI out there, but just as an example, I have generated some stuff on there that was wrong or not precise, but because it is a computer, it follows certain rules and it's going to follow them. If it knows the rules and you have, you have set its boundaries, it's always going to follow those rules. Yeah, it's, it's not a human. Going. It's not a free thinker. It has rules no matter what. Well, I mean, I think ultimately the idea behind AI, at least as far as like the movies are concerned, is that ultimately you could have a free thinker, but that's not where we are right now. Uh, there In are most movies that have the free thinkers, then it's like the free thinkers bad. take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's oh, bad. Oh, I didn't even think about this. And y'all probably, do you remember, I think it was the Santa Claus 3? It's the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Mm -hmm. And then they create the robot, essentially. It's actually Santa Claus, Santa Claus 2. 2. And Mrs. Claus. Yeah, yeah. And that's where they create him so he could go and try and find Mrs. Claus. Yeah. And they set parameters like, this is what you're supposed to do. And he starts getting, he's like, no. No, the rules say mm -hmm. that all naughty children must get coal. And he's like, well, no, 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 that's not really how it goes. And then he ends up wrapping all the elves up in tinsel. And okay, sorry, that just reminded me when you said No, listen, like, we watch the Santa Claus movies every single Christmas, all of them. Like, and now we have to watch the Santa Claus TV show as well. So we've got like three movies and the entire TV show that we're going to have to watch every Christmas. That and Christmas Story and everything else. So believe me, I'm, I am right with you as far as the Santa Claus is concerned. And you're right. He does follow the rules to an extreme. And one of the scenarios that you will frequently find when you're talking about fictional AI is you give it a directive and it takes it to the extreme. That's what happens in Megan, for instance, is she has been given this directive to basically protect this child and she takes it to the extreme. So th that's always a big fear is if you give it rules, can it take those rules and abide by the rules, but ultimately have a negative result because it abides by the rules? You know, so that there's that whole scary thing there. But AI going rogue is like the perfect cinematic arc. It makes for a great story. Mm -hmm. Another AI thing that we didn't even put in our list, but the whole thing is based on machines taking over Matrix. Matrix. Oh, yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. Yep. So anyway. All right. So like we're talking about all the kind of really scary stuff. Let's talk about first off the benefits um, because there are some good aspects to it. Mm -hmm. I'll take number one. 
improved efficiency and time saving. I'd say this is the big one for ChatGPT in the workplace. Mm -hmm. For instance, Nicole and I have used it to help with press releases in the past month. And it is incredible what it can write. It can create its own quotes for you, its own title. You give it the voice you want. Of course, we double check it. We massage the language our own, but it really saves some time. Do y'all have any other examples of how it could save time in the workplace or make you more efficient? Oh, I use it. I regularly use it. I don't use it to actually com fully complete drafts of documents that I need to, to write, but it's great at creating at least a framework. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the key. It creates a good framework. You yeah. have to double check it, though. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The next one, enhanced accuracy and precision. Eh, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said a, a little bit ago, I mean, it, it's, can it be. makes mistakes. Yeah. It does make mistakes. So it is a little human in that aspect that it does make mistakes. Kim, like you said, it can help you as a benefit, but this doesn't need to be you get uh, them to write your term paper and then you turn it in and don't even look at it. No. Yeah, no, that that would not work. As a matter of fact, side note, I recently was reading a story about a lawyer who submitted a brief to an appellate court. A brief is basically an argument, a written argument for why a, a particular law should be interpreted in a certain way. My client is affected by this law this way, and this is the way you should interpret the law. And the lower court interpreted it wrong. So here's my brief as to why you should interpret it this way. And a, recently, a lawyer uh, submitted a brief to an appellate court and it had citations in it. Citations would be basically quotes from other court cases supporting his, his theory. The citations were all false. They were all wrong. No. They were all no. fake. It, like, obviously he had basically done a chat GPT uh, appellate brief and it had just made up some sites and made up some citations and, and, and used them and, they were like, oh, yeah, these are all fake. <laughs> so what was the outcome for this attorney? I don't know. I, all, all I saw was the headline. I didn't read the article because I didn't even want to know. But, I mean, come on. you got to check your sites. you got to check your citations at least. I think it's really tempting to use chat GPT when you want to be lazy. Mm. I think I think that's really tempting. It's like, oh, just let it do its work. But you've got to double check it. I think a lot of students are falling into that. Their teacher says to write an essay and they give a few prompts and it writes it and they print it. And they're like, oh, I did that in five minutes versus mm. hours and hours of research. But then it also, I think, can help because sometimes you may get stuck and be like, I don't even know where to start. And so it's a good way to get you started. But it's a tool to use to then you expand it. Mm -hmm. Don't just go off of like, Yep, I'm done. Yeah, a good example is Nicole uses ChatGPT to write these outlines as a framework, and then she'll go in and fill in some more robust things. By these outlines, you're talking about our outlines yes. that we actually use yeah. for this podcast. Yes. Like when we Bull come cast. up with a topic, you know, we say, hey, Nicole, we need to know how we're going to structure this this episode. And she starts with ChatGPT. Yeah, that's the key word. Starts. Starts yes. with. Well, and that's when we said the point about time saving, because prior to Nicole being here, then it was me and court, you know, we No, it was Katie. It was all Katie. Katie did all of the work on the outlines. Let's let's be completely honest. Well, and it it was very time consuming because I'd have to have multiple screens up, be searching from different places, making sure like I was getting different perspectives and not just one website's opinion on something. So I can see how if there was a, a way that I could have known about something like this, it would have saved me time. I still could, because just like this before the episode, 
we've already gone our own searching and added some more things to this outline that Nicole didn't put on here, but it was because a she's guide. horrible. Because no. she's a horrible, horrible person. She's a terrible listener. Nicole is amazing. But you know, maybe instead of blaming Nicole for the list, we should blame ChatGPT. Yeah. <laughs> Chat GPT. Next on the list is increased customer engagement and satisfaction. Yeah, and now I don't know what this would mean. I'm wondering if they're meaning automation, like automating emails, and then once you fill out a survey, it redirects you to a page. Just automating things. Yeah. yeah. Like thinking about like Amazon and things like that, like giving mm -hmm. you suggestions mm -hmm. of hey, you've purchased this in the past, like this. Or I don't know if y'all ever noticed, but if you purchase like clothes or shoes or anything off of Amazon, then it'll automatically say, based on your past purchases, I think you would need to be this size or that size or whatever. It's learning from your habits. Mm -hmm. Well, Facebook does that. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. <laughs> Facebook, when I'm on Facebook, and I'm, I spend a, a good amount of my evening on Facebook right before I go to bed. Like that's the last thing I do is just sort of scroll through my feed and it, Facebook has decided that I'm a shopper. And so right now in my feed, for instance, is an Amazon, like a, always there's a, a link to Amazon for car tools for some reason, because it thinks that I like to work on cars. I don't. Uh, Hawaiian shirts, always. There is a selection <laughs> of Hawaiian shirts. Nike shoes, specifically Jordans, and I own one pair of Jordans, you know, but Timberlands. Now, listen, I can get behind some Timberlands, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's crazy. Where did it come up with these options? Why did it decide that this is what I was interested in? But there is something that I did, obviously, somewhere along the way where it was like, oh, he likes this. Yeah. So we're going to put this in his feed. Katie, you brought up Amazon and Court, you brought up Facebook. And I keep thinking of machine learning because that is the tech Phrase And so I just Googled the difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning. Mm -hmm. Artificial intelligence can work with structured, semi-structured, and unstructured data. On the other hand, machine learning can work with only structured and semi-structured data. AI is higher cognitive process in machine learning. AI aims to increase the chance of success and not accuracy, while machine learning doesn't bother about success. So that's really interesting. Machine learning is like in this box. It's like, if you don't tell me what you want, I ain't going to get it to you. And it's not going to be successful. It's like, it doesn't care. It doesn't give an F. <laughs> Does not give an F. Machine learning, ladies and gentlemen, if you take nothing else away from this episode, understand that machine learning does not give an F. And artificial <laughs> intelligence gives an F. Yeah. Okay, so it can improve risk management and fraud detection. We're still on the benefits of AI, by the way. Yeah. Um, improve risk management and fraud detection? Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think there's a lot for us to expound on mm -mm. there. And I, then, bet, I bet credit card companies use a lot of AI, I would guess. For, yeah, for probably. Fraud. I could see that. yeah. yeah. And then the last one is better decision-making and strategy formulation. I don't even know what that means. I don't know because that's what, um, I think, Court, you were the one that told me, you know, Snapchat now has a chat bot. You can, like, message. Mm -hmm. And you used it one day and showed me an example. It was, I was, like, trying to figure out which word of a concert, and it answered you. Yeah. Well, then I tried to use mine, and it was like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, and that's the interesting thing as well is a lot of these are just, you know, now you're going to see you have real AI mm -hmm. like ChatGPT, but then you're going to start seeing companies going like, oh, we've got AI too. 
and it's just a bot. Not they, all AIs are created yeah, equally. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm a Googling fool today. I said, can artificial intelligence contribute to strategy formulation? AI tools can help executives avoid biases in decisions, pull insights out of oceans of data, and make strategic choices more quickly. So it takes the bias out, mm. which makes sense. It's a machine. I wonder if I could take, well, I know I could because I, we don't do it, but I know other companies, bigger companies than us do use AI to weed out resumes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the resume comes in and it goes through an AI thing before it ever gets to a person. And if you, if you, if you can't make it through the AI, you're just, and I know that annoys candidates are like, just let me get in front of you. Yeah. Let me tell you about myself versus do I have the right buzzwords? So I try, I, I try and, and actually invite people in that their resume may have something wrong with it, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this person a shot. I think that segues perfectly into the challenges and mm -hmm. stuff is because okay. they are, you know, somebody like that's not able to get through an algorithm. They're not able to get through the stipulations that have been put in there and they could be the perfect candidate, but because it's not like what specifications we had in there, they didn't have those specific things on there. So the first one, it's, you know, crap in, crap out. That whole philosophy, like when I do financial plans, if you don't give me good information, I'm not gonna be able to give you good data back. Yeah. So I'm, same thing with this. Like if it does not have the right data or it doesn't have enough of the data, it's not gonna be able to give you good information. I can only predict as much as you're you're willing to give me the, the foundation to predict from, yeah. you know? Now, the, the issue I think with this is that most most humans would say, you know what, I I don't have enough information about that specific topic to give you an opinion or give you a idea of, you know, what you should do. Let me do some more research. More than likely, an AI isn't going to be like, I don't know enough information, you know, try again. I don't know. They could. Like I was saying, the Snapchat bot, he, she, whatever it was, told me, nope, can't help you. But I think most of them... They may try and give you information, and unless you really look into it, it could be pulling from only like one source and not multiple, multiple sources. And so you're maybe getting skewed by certain biases, things like that. So that's a concern to think about because, Cam, didn't you find on ChatGPT their limitations on their data? Yeah. So when you pull up ChatGPT, it has examples, capabilities, and limitations. And there are three limitations. May occasionally generate incorrect information. Yeah. Yep. You've got to double check your work. May occasionally produce harmful instructions or biased content. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And limited knowledge of world and events after 2021, which I thought was interesting. And Court, didn't you say there's a paid version? Yeah. There is a newer version of ChatGPT that basically I think is current and you have to pay to use it, but it's got up-to-the-date information. ChatGPT, the one that's free that everybody uses or that most people use, it's only current up through 2021. So, like, for instance, if you were to go to ChatGPT and say, hey, give me an update on the the war in Ukraine. It's going to be very, very, the, the information it's going to have is going to be very limited and dated and it's not going to have a whole lot because we're obviously yep. a year and a half past 2021. Okay. I'm going to kind of rapid fire through these challenges and risks because we've got a lot to talk about, about kind of the negative side of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talked about needing to have the good data, ethical and privacy concerns. Because, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're well, all the listening, more you put they're out gathering. There, yeah. I mean, listen, the one thing that I'm absolutely aware of is 
if you give AI your information, it's going like, okay, I'm going to consume that and I am going to now have it forever. It's mm -hmm. not like it lets go of it. I mean, so much of our information is out there at all. I, I can tell you that from, I have to almost be a financial investigator a lot of times helping clients out. And you can, if you know the right tools, you can find a lot of stuff on the internet out there. So, I mean, you've got that issue. Integration with uh, legacy systems, implementation cost and security concerns. So the other thing that I've heard recently from a lot of our clients that are in certain areas is the concern that AI, you know, it's been talked about for so, so long. And now all of a sudden it's just like, boom, mm -hmm. you've got, you know, with Tesla, the cars that can drive themselves, we've got so much stuff happening. And with ChatGPT, is ChatGPT, are all these AI places are they coming for your job? Oh, are we going to end up basically fat and in chairs like Wally? Yeah. AI is going to do our job for us. I mean, yeah. And so some of this is not some argumentatives, but this is 10 roles or areas that AI might replace according to this list. First one would be tech jobs. And that's like coders, computer programmers, software data. Um, I mean, yeah, it's you've got that. If these systems keep coming smarter, then you may not have to have a human but I would argue you're always still going to have to have somebody to make sure it's right. I know a lot of coders and they use ChatGPT as a, again, as a starting point. They go like, oh, hey, especially with language-based coding, they'll say, you know, hey, write me a JavaScript on this, this, and this. And then they'll use that as their starting point to create a whole thing. And I don't understand most of the words I just said, but I know that it's happening. I mean, the next area, and this is Cam, kind of your world, is media. They're worried about advertisers, content creators, journalists, things like that. Yeah, designers are in an uproar about it. And there's two different sides. One is AI is coming for our jobs. What in the world is happening? And the other is like, AI will never take our jobs. I like to side with the latter idea because people like people, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll ever get rid of like all human jobs. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But I found a good Medium article which summed up my thoughts well. So while AI will replace designers, so it says will, it will replace the designers of today, not the designers of tomorrow, which I think is, is a great thought. You need to adapt to it. Use it to help you, but it's not going to replace you completely. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just adding another tool yeah. to use. And like ChatGPT, there are a lot of design AI platforms like there's have you ever heard of Dolly where it creates artwork there's Adobe Firefly and just like ChatGPT you type in you want this kind of logo or this kind of artwork I want a black and white painting of this and it will just make it Wow. It's crazy, but it is terrible with human fingers. It is nightmarish. I'll have to show you all sometime. Okay, the next area is legal, and that would be not attorneys, but the paralegals or legal assistants. Well, even the attorneys, I think a lot of their job can be done by chat GPD or, or some other yeah. similar language-based AI. So, I mean, it, it could, if you're a smaller law firm, it could be that you spend the money to have the paid version of a chat GPT to do a lot of your, you know, starting of drafting and stuff, and you don't have a paralegal. I don't know. Um, market research analyst. So it's kind of already starting to do some of that. Teachers was on this list, which no. I, I don't know how AI replaces teachers. I, I mean, th there is a human element to being able to teach children that I just don't think you can no. get rid of. Am I wrong here? Am I insane? It, it, I don't see how it could happen. Although, you know, I'm, I'm doing this master's class and it's pretty much. And you hate it. I, I, I hate it because it's all we post 
a discussion board. We do the work, but it's like there's very little of actual like video teaching. teaching. There's nothing like that. And it's it's more of, okay, we're going to teach you this class, but you're going to just learn it yourself. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody learns that way. I don't really like that way. Here's the next one, finance. And this is talking about the advisors and the analysts. So this is something I personally have dealt with. A ton of people have come in recently saying, I was with XYZ firm. They dubbed that my account value was not of a level that generated an advisor. I'm being switched to a robo advisor. And you think about it, a robo-advisor is taking basic information, who you are, what you want this money to do, like what your age is, what your risk level is, and then it's generating suggestions. That robo-advisor is not asking you, quarter, are you going to have grandbabies in the future that you may want to save money for them? Or are you concerned about, you know, long-term care? Like they're missing the human interaction of it. And so we've had some people who have left the companies that are pushing them to robo-advisors because they want a person to talk to them, to explain to them what's going on, to help them figure out about financing a car to, you know, do what Bullcast does of helping every step. So it's kind of like what you were saying, Cam, of like that human aspect that some people who maybe don't like talking to people may love it because then they're not having to go and talk to somebody. They're just having to like almost like fill out a questionnaire. And then it's like, here's your, you know, generated suggestion. But I feel like, and I mean, maybe it's because I'm, this is my job, but like, I feel like people are not going to get the same level of service by having somebody who actually can get to know you as a person. Yeah. So the other one is traders. That's definitely happening. I've heard um, David talk before about how it's almost regulation wise. They're trying to start going towards something like that, where it's these automated kind of trading things and that people are going more towards like truly like advising and helping people. And then the actual trading aspect of it is a bot essentially. Mm -hmm. In the talks, that's not really necessarily happening right now, but that is something I've heard they're exploring. Graphic designers, Cam, you touched on that one a little bit already. Well, let's talk about that, though. If you go onto an AI, there are a lot of AI sites right now that are dedicated to generating graphics. And they are generating these amazing art pieces, but they're not original. Yeah, it's Frankensteining an art piece from multiple pieces of art around the world. Mm -hmm. That's a big... uh, As an artist, you know, what is your perspective on that? It's a big no-no. You know, artists, people already don't respect artists. Katie, we've had this talk before. They don't. They think it's just like a fun, free thing you do. And it's just like, hey, can you do this for me? So that just kind of doubles down on it. When you have a piece of art out there and this computer is just taking um, a little piece of that and saying, "Here, here's something unique. Here's something I made. And it's like, no, that... That has to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> but you also can't track it. And so it's uh there's some unrest about it. It's like this isn't this is not right. This is not ethical. <laughs> this is not right. This is not fair. There's a time and a place for it. I could see it being used, but then there are definitely times where you need that graphic to be created, that logo for a company, and you want to be able to talk to a graphic designer and say, you know, this is made after my mom's memory and she loved this and that. And this is our company's imagery. This is what we want it to be. So can you help me merge all of that together? And while, yeah, they may be able to take the physical part of that and be like, okay, well, cooking, let's add a cooking, you know, utensil, let's add this, let's add that. Like, but they're not going to have this story behind it that you could sit there and talk to a person for 20 minutes and explain the story. And then 
the graphic designer has that emotion in their head of what this person is looking for. Yeah, I could see as an artist you using it as a reference image, not copying it, but you, you can type in a kind of a scene you want to draw and mm -hmm. it will do it. And then you can kind of go off of that as reference. Yeah. But do, do not copy completely. The last couple on this list of chat GPT will replace is accountants, mm. which I mean, a lot of people are doing their accounting online and there's mistakes you, there's not a there's not a person behind your online accounting tax return there it's just a computer back there that's going like fill but these blocks out of all the ones you've listed this seems the most realistic because as far as accounting firms go it's a lot of number crunching which computers are good at right mm -hmm. accounting I think could work for something very simple cut dry person of like we have you know w2 jobs we have you know a kid this is what it is what a computer software can't do that a human accountant can do is they can talk to you and find, are you putting everything in there? Like, do you have a business? Are you working out of your home? Do we need to talk about like how to list that, how to make sure you're getting any deductions you may be eligible for? And so I've found some people have used those things and yeah, they're filing their taxes, they're getting it done, but they may be missing elements of it that they didn't know about because whatever they put in, that software did not prompt to ask those questions. So it's not that the software is bad, it's just that if somebody like, has their own business, doesn't know that they can possibly look at, can I deduct my home office? Can I deduct internet? They don't know to ask those questions if that was not inputted correctly, if that makes sense. It does. And then the last one on here was customer service agent. I mean, I can, honestly, yeah. I can see that. I don't want to talk about the customer service industry too negatively, but I think if there's one industry where you, you could possibly be not impacted or at least no more negatively impacted than you are now. It's with customer service on phone. And I, I think it's more efficient because I, I will tell you, I've had to like pay some random medical prescription bill the other day and it said their only option was to call them. So I had to call and I was like, oh, here we go. It's gonna be long hold times. But it was a automated machine that picked up and said, you know, what are you doing? I selected the bill pay and it was able to then take just a bit of information, pull it up. I was able to give this robot, you know, my credit card information, which you know seems a little scary, but mm. all of that, you know, that's why you do it on the credit card. So if it's fraudulent, you can take care of it. But it was so much finance made easy, ladies. It and was financed <laughs> and it was uh, streamlined and easier then, you know, sometimes if, if there's language barriers with some of those customer service people or just kind of that this person, this bot was able to then pull up your account, figure out exactly what you needed to do and then be done with it. Definitely. That's those are some interesting potential jobs. It's so you know, possible applications of the financial services. OK, so we're going to bring it back around to finance. Finance. Now. Yeah. The robo-advising digital platform that provides automated algorithm-driven financial planning and investment services is with little to no human supervision. No. I, yeah, we, mm -mm. You know, there is a fiduciary aspect to what we do now, mm -hmm. more so than ever. And I just don't know. I mean, obviously, a, an AI-generated recommendation is going to be, it's not going to be worried about its own interests. So it's going to be worried about something else. But I'm just not sure that you really get the client's best interest taken into account yeah, from that kind of thing. 
So I think back to one of the first client meetings that I sat in, um, it was a prospect and this guy, the whole time in there starts talking about, I've got this um, account, I want this, I think I want to invest this, yada, yada, yada. Like, and we just keep asking questions after questions, after questions. Finally, 50 minutes into this meeting, he unloads that he has $50,000 worth of credit card debt. Whoop, breaks go, before we ever talk about investing any of your money, let's talk about that and addressing that. Now, the thing is, is a robo-advisor is not going to ask that. So yes, it's going to invest this money for this person because this person wants to invest this money. It'll make a suggestion on how to allocate it, but it's not going to ask you, should you be doing this? Is it a good idea? Like, I mean, it's not going to do that. So that's an element where I think it's not great. Mm -hmm. I have heard like virtual assistants, chat box, things like that. Obviously. um, I think a big one would be fraud detection. Yeah. You know, that, that could help all of us. And I think that AI is well suited to that. The credit score thing, I think I'm, I think I'm already a victim of, of bots as far as that's concerned in AI. Because I get a bunch of emails every day that are like, hey, have you noticed what happened to your credit score yep. today? <laughs> I mean, like every single day I'm getting stuff. Back to fraud detection. Can we please find a better way to use AI to do two-step verification? I cannot stand two-step verification. Oh, it is, it is the, the worst. There has got to be a smarter worst. way. But I mean, like there's trading and investment management, obviously, then it's like when we were talking about um, using AI as kind of a guide, I guess to a starting point, it could be like, okay, here's my case. I've got you know, this person, they've got 30 years until retirement, they've got this much money, they've got this much amount of money that they're going to be adding to it, what would be a good suggestion for them? Put that in there and it comes back with an option. And then you can go from there of deciding, okay, let me let me look into this further and decide, is this the right thing? So I guess I could see AI helping with giving knowledge to advisors on what options are out there, because there are so many options and introducing new ideas. But Again, like with the legal documents or the press releases, you use it as a guide and not just like, okay, here, client, I did this for you. No, no, you didn't. Mm -hmm. Check your homework. (laughs) And then risk management is the last one on here. And I know like we've kind of used risk analysis, which is kind of putting information in and then it generates. Risk tolerance is obviously a big thing whenever you're dealing with uh, clients that you're investing for. You have to know what their risk tolerance is. But this is... Risk management is a much broader sort of category. And, you know, I'd question how much AI can can help in this in some aspects. I mean, because risk management involves everything from, again, your investments. And are you aligning your investments with your own personal ability to tolerate the risk that those investments might lose money compared to the uh, potential for their gain? But also, what is your risk of you know, you have a pool on your property and someone comes onto your property and falls in the pool and drowns. I mean, I'm sorry, but those are both risks. You have to manage all of that. And so risk management is kind of a broad category Mm -hmm. that could encompass any number of things. So what is it really that we're talking about that that AI is going to do away with? How is it going to apply to risk management when when risk management, I manage risk every day in my job. How is it going to come in and manage the risk that I'm managing in terms of human beings and the way that they operate in our world versus risk management in NASCAR? You know, just to throw something random out there, you're dealing with a whole different level of risk and danger. Basically, you're dealing with danger. And how is AI going to help with danger? 
Because Danger is not its middle name. (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson, Danger. We could obviously talk about this all day long. This is definitely a a subject I think we're going to touch on again as we keep watching this evolve because it is just, it's booming right now. It's constantly changing and we're going to see what happens. But let's kind of wrap this up, um, kind of the advantages and disadvantages. Do you have a bullseye? Yeah. Bullseye. Give us a bullseye. So advantages, I think that, you know, a lot of us are using AI aspects more than we think. So I would say for those fearful that it may try and take your job, try and embrace it as much as you can and see how you can use it as an element towards what you do. Use it as a tool, just as, like you would like Word and Excel and, you know, Zoom and stuff like that. It's just one of the tools in your toolbox but you are still, you still need to validate who you are and what you can bring to the table. So there's that. I don't think it's going away. Go into it with the lens, knowing that it's only as good as the information it's getting. And so it should only be used as a guide and suggestion. And you still need to be the person that double checks and questions it. If it doesn't seem right, you need to question it. So, I mean, I'm fascinated to see where it goes. I know I've talked to some clients that are in the tech industry and they're talking about, they're excited about the direction things are going that we don't even know about yet. That kind of terrifies me because I'm like, is, is, are we going to have a smart house situation and the houses are going to start taking over on us? But I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So just to put you and Cameron both at ease, the one thing that the smart houses will never be able to do is move. They are stuck where they are, so they can't chase us. We can, you know. Well, can, no, in this this movie, they didn't chase them. They just locked all the doors fine. and I think I'm, turned the air off. And I've like, got a non-smart tent. We'll all just go stay out in the woods. It'll be fine. You can't get out of the house because the doors are locked. Oh, listen, girl. You're inside of it. I can bust some windows out. <laughs> AI will follow us on our phones. We have to leave our phones behind. Leaving the phones behind. Yeah. Off the grid. We're gone. Leave. We're gone. Off the grid. Did you finish your bullseye? I, I mean, yeah, that's that's my bullseye. I'm excited to see which direction we go. And I guess I need to start learning about this chat GPT. No, because by the time you learn about it, it it's it'll be, be yeah. something else. Cameron, what's your bullseye? Oh, I said this earlier on in the episode, but I think I did a terrible job at explaining it. But I don't think AI will replace all jobs. And I'm pretty dang confident about that mm-hmm. because people crave human interaction for the most part. They do. There are certain, like you mentioned, customer service. I could see that. But I think AI got off on the wrong foot when it had people yelling at their at their phones, <laughs> representative, <laughs> representative. And then you hear like the fake typing, clicking and everything. And in the art world, people want art from the human soul. That's what makes it art. They don't want art from a computer. Mm-mm. And I'm pretty dang confident about that too. So em- I would say embrace AI to help you become more efficient, but don't fear that it's going to completely take all jobs forever and ever. Amen. Okay, well, here's my bullseye. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. Did AI remove your bullseye? I can't, you know, you're I can't control. Be, well, I mean, AI's going to take, you're the mind of this podcast. <laughs> so I guess AI's taking you, but it can't take the heart and the soul. It cannot, but oh, it can take the mind. Court can be replaced, but not you and me. 
You have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beam directly to your device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Katie and Cameron, because Cord is gone, the mind <laughs> is gone. Go to bullcastpodcast.com. We've got some bios up there. You can also leave us a comment. You can suggest a topic if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, or you can even suggest a guest if there's someone you would like to hear us talk to. Also, we have pictures. If you like pictures, boy, do we have pictures. They're on Instagram. Our handle is at bullcastpodcast, and we also have a Twitter handle. That's at bullcastpodcast as well. And we have a Facebook page. Please come interact there, too. You know, you can... Do all the same stuff on Facebook. That is Bullcast the Podcast. That is our Facebook page. Finally, if you'd like to find out more about what we actually do, where we actually work, we work with a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you would like to find out more about us, uh, we're there. Uh, also, our amazing team and our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website. That is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you so many different websites, all of the websites. Uh, just please be careful about the AI while you're out there. As long as you're cautious, we'll continue to be here. For now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. Oh, and ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are out. <laughs>